0: Good morning. Have you had a warm day today? Not really? (laughs) At least it's not snowing, right? Amen. Uh, uh, I hope you had a safe time last week in the snow. Nobody fell and got hurt. Uh, But we're glad that you're here this morning. It's always good and always great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? And uh, whether it's cold outside or rainy outside or hot outside, it's always good to be in the house. Amen. And so we, we welcome you here this morning. If you're uh, in person or online, if you're a visitor with us, we want to ask you to text the word WELCOME to 704-459-5575. And again, we're, we're tickled to death that you're here, and, and we just want to get to know you a little bit. So if you would, type that, uh, text that word WELCOME to that number, and let us know that you're joining us today. Today is a special day in a in a couple of different ways. Um, we're going to start the service with uh, baby dedication, and and what a great uh, a great day that is today, uh, being uh, sanctity life day. Uh, we've got Doug Cullen with Choose Life Ministries that's going to be here this, with us this morning, uh, sharing about life and uh, choosing life um, over abortion, and so. Uh, Pray that you'll uh, just hear God speak through him today. And and I'll introduce him a little bit more in just a minute. But uh, to go along with that, uh, we have our baby bottles fundraiser, if you will. Uh, Pick one of the the baby bottles up. There's some out front uh, in the back here. Fill them up with change or dollar bills, however you want to do it, and bring them back the first week of February. And all the proceeds will go to the Pregnancy Resource Center here in Shelby, So it is a great uh, ministry, a great mission, something that we can do to, to help in a very, very small way. And so uh, pick your bottle up and uh, do your part in that mission as well. Uh, following the service, uh, we will also receive a love offering for Choose Life Ministries. As a uh, uh, COVID has put a damper on their speaking engagements for the last year and a half. So they're starting to ramp things back up. And uh, got a full, trying to fill their, their calendars up. So this will help them carry on that ministry of making uh, God's word known to, to the people around, our, around the country, actually. And also, next Sunday, uh, well, let's do next Wednesday, Wednesday from this week. February 2nd will be the last day to receive goods for the Kentucky mission trip. Sonny, is that Okay. It's going to push it a little bit, <laughs> but, but uh, right now, uh, there's a team that's, that's tentatively scheduled to delivering these goods uh, uh, Fe- uh, February 11th. It's a Friday and coming back on Saturday, so if we can get those in, we'll give us a little bit of time to separate them and organize them, load it, pack it, and uh, be ready for them to go um, to deliver to the people in need in Kentucky. Uh, that were affected by the uh, tornadoes several weeks ago. One other thing was, if those uh, men or women that are interested in going up there for that, if they would let me know, we'll try and work okay. on some transportation. Okay. This, first, this is kind of a two-phase mission uh, opportunity. So on the 11th and 12th, um, if you would like to go and, and help deliver these goods, uh, you're welcome to go. Contact Sonny. Uh, Sonny Wright, we'll be going back again in March, um, the 11th, we hope. Uh, second week of March, uh, March 7th, through the 11th. 7th through the 11th, okay, the first, first full week of March, where we'll go back and do actual mission work, whatever they have for us to do, so um, get in touch with Sonny, he'll be coordinating that uh, with the location, with the mission teams there, and uh, try to bring some help, and ministry and some encouragement to the people in Kentucky. As we begin our service this morning, uh, I'm going to ask the, the families, if they would, with the children, if they would, uh, uh, to come down and make their way down front. Psalm 139 says, For it was you who created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All the days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them came to be. Wow. Folks, if, as you're looking at these families that are represented here today, you see the, the children of different ages. And, and to think that God put them together. You see on the front of your bulletin there, the little peanuts on the very bottom those are people right there. They're not peanuts. They're not an image. Those are people. Those are real, live, living people. It's those two people right there. Praise God. And it's amazing when, when, when people can see the ultrasound and see a heartbeat. And how many times that has changed a woman's decision from abortion to choosing life? And today, these parents come with their children to dedicate these kids, these children, these people to the Lord. And I want to make it clear that this service this morning, the uh, the activities this morning, doesn't grant forgiveness in any way. It doesn't bring about eternal life. No, that comes by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that they will make one day in the future. This is not baby uh, baptism or anything like that. It's just an offering to the Lord to say, Here, Lord, this is our child. These are our children, and we offer them to you. And while it's about the children, it's also for the parents. Every child is a gift of God, and, and parenting is a divine responsibility. It's a great, it's a great joy for me to introduce to you this morning some of the newest members of New Hope Baptist Church. We have Rhett Austin Simpson, born May eleventh, twenty twenty, to Nathan and Anna Simpson. Hesantine Jane Ledbetter, born April fifteenth, twenty twenty, to Chase and Mary Ledbetter. And Maggie Lane Simpson and Palmer. Hunt Simpson, born September 20th, 2021, to Nolan and Caroline Simpson. These parents have come today to pledge themselves before God and and this body of believers to raise their children in the way of the Lord, to raise them in the stru- in the instruction of the Lord. The fathers brought these children in and 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 led their families in to represent that the fathers. You hear me, guys? You are the leaders of your household. You're the spiritual leader of your home. And you with your with, with your wife, the father and mother, you, you work as partners together to raise your children in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let me share a passage of scripture with you from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. First, this passage commands the parents to love God. And if you truly wish for your child to love God, then you have to be an example to them and for them let me ask you parents this morning is today is this moment just a formality for you or is it something you really desire in your heart to do to bring them up in the admonition of the Lord do you love the Lord are you in love with God and do you want your children to follow after God and then second it says teach your children the ways of the Lord this is the responsibility and the duty of the parents Yes, our church, our Sunday school teachers, our mission leaders, the choirs, everybody here today is willing to help you. But it's all the responsibility of you. What you do at home, how you live your life, the things you say, the things that you do, will all have a great impact on your children. As parents, you have to lead by example. It's vital that you explain to them the value of prayer, The importance of reading God's word and the benefits of attending church. So parents, this morning I want to ask you a couple of questions and charge you this morning to raise your kids in the way of the Lord. Parents, do you recognize your child as a gift of God and do you give thanks to him for his blessings? Do you dedicate your child to the Lord who gave them to you this morning? Do you pledge as parents that you will bring up your children in the instruction of the Lord? Will you make every effort, every reasonable effort with patience and love to build the Word of God, the character of Christ, and the joy of the Lord into their lives? And do you promise to regularly pray that your child will become a follower of Christ, that he would trust in Christ alone for forgiveness of their sins and have eternal life? And do you pledge today that you will be an example for your children in everything you do? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come together on on behalf of, of the parents and the rest of this church, God, to bring these children before you, dedicating them, Lord, offering them over to you. Asking, Lord, to, for you to take them, to use them, to mold them, and to make them into the people that you want them to be. Lord, that you would begin a, a good and a, and a great work in their life, that you will one day bring them to conviction and repentance and forgiveness. And Lord, that eternal salvation would be theirs. For these children together with their parents who dearly love them, and the body of believers that are joined here this morning father we dedicate them to you and lord we pray that you will use them in mighty ways for the kingdom of god we pray god that you will hold them close to you that they will forever and wholly belong to you forever
1: Into your head.
0: We are indeed glad to have Doug Cullen with us today. It's been several years uh, since he was here. It's been several years since anything happened much, isn't it, with COVID and all. Um, But we're glad to have you back. Uh, uh, Doug and his wife uh, began ministry in 2001, uh, where he began, uh, uh, went went to seminary at Clear Creek Baptist Bible College um, in Pineville, Kentucky, In 2005, it says God opened a door for him to travel, and he travels all across the country uh, spreading the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, Talking about life, choosing life and eternal life, um, and spreading the good news of the gospel wherever they go to the people that they meet. And so uh, I want to ask Doug, if you would, to come on up this morning. His wife is downstairs, uh, Jolie is downstairs with the kids, and going to share a message with them this morning as well. So what a great day it is today, and glad to have you with us, brother. Good to 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 see you. Good to be here. Well, good morning, New
2: Hope Baptist. It's good to be here with you all. As we celebrate life, and we welcome, welcome you to the sanctity of Human Life uh, services this morning. And again, it's good to be here with you all. And uh, we've been traveling. Uh, Choose Life Ministries, like the pastor said, started this ministry 17 years ago. And uh, we got in the battle for life. And sometimes people ask us, Do you, when are you going to get out of the battle for life? And, and it may happen tomorrow, but this is God's ministry. And He's the one that's going to stop this ministry not us. We have no plans of retiring or stopping until God tells us to and Sometimes people say, "Well, why?" Because we believe that every life is worth a fight. Amen. Y'all believe that, church? Every life is worth a fight. Doesn't matter the color of the skin, the language they speak, uh, special needs they might have, disabilities, or their age. Every life is worth the fight. So we're go- we're glad to be here this morning. Uh, as I said, we've been doing this for 17 years, and as a faith-based ministry, uh, we're always looking for partners, and we'll get this out of the way, and then we'll jump right in. But uh, we, we started a prayer ministry, two prayer ministries, about seven or eight years ago, and we're always looking for partners in those prayer ministries. If you're interested in that, we'll tell you how to do that in just a moment, and we'll hook, we'll hook you up. Because this ministry goes all over the United States. Um, If you have a prayer request, you send it to me and we send it out all over the United States or you can be part of those that are praying. As a faith-based ministry, we are always looking for financial partners. If you're interested in that, same process. uh, See me or my wife after the services and we'll hook you up to either one of those two uh, ministries. You can also go to our table back in the back. In fact, we'd encourage you to go to the table. A lot of good information on there. But there are cards on there that you can pick up. It has my my, uh, phone number on them. You can text me or call me if you're interested in either one of those two ministries. And uh, also, you can go to our website, chooselifeusa.org. We put out monthly updates. That's another thing you can uh, request through the phone number on the card. And it's on the screen, 606-269-3099. And we'll see to it that you get those updates. And as I was telling the pastor... We are on, I think, all the social medias, basically. Uh, we, we prayed about this about three or four years ago. Uh, there's so much evil on the social medias, but God said, you know, there's some good. So we want to get the message of life out to all areas that we possibly can. So we will continue to stay on social media until they kick us off, which is a very good possibility. Uh, if you search for us on any of the social medias and you can't find us, it means that we're probably suspended or in Twitter jail or somewhere, so pray for us because it does happen and it happens quite often. Uh, we also want to put in a plug for our um, revivals. We do three-day revivals now, Finding Salvation in Esther, Writing Injustices in Esther, and Persevering in the Culture from 2 Corinthians. If you're interested in that, let me know. We'll, we'll hook you up there also. The name of our ministry is Choose Life Ministries. We take that from God's word. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that thou and thy seed may live. And sometimes we get asked, do you ever think you'll go out of the nation? If God leads in that, we will definitely do that. But God has laid a sense of passion and urgency for America. If you didn't know it before you come in this morning, you're going to know it before you leave. As a nation, as a whole, we're going down a very dark, slippery slope, especially when it comes to life. So that's our call. We've been in 1,400 churches in 34 states in the last 17 years, and we, we do covet your prayers. And if you're here today and you know someone that's had an abortion, or maybe you've had an abortion, sometimes women and men think that's the unforgivable sin. It's not. The best news you're going to hear today is that Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his precious blood for all sin. That excludes the sin of abortion. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God will forgive us of those sins. There's, There's a promise there. We confess, God forgives. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for every opportunity that you give us, Lord, and we thank you for being allowed the privilege of honor, coming back to New Hope, Lord, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will move in a mighty way, Lord. We thank you for the baby dedication, Lord, and, and just what that means, Lord, that those, those children are not only the future of our churches, Lord, they're the future of our nation, Lord, and we pray for them, Lord, and we, we, we thank you that this church decided to do that, Lord, have a baby dedication, and we thank you again for the opportunity. We pray your Holy Spirit again will move in a mighty, mighty way, Lord. We pray that, you will, uh, that your Holy Spirit will have free reign this morning, Lord. And Lord, we pray that first anybody in this building that doesn't know you or listening on any of the social medias that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they will not let another minute pass without accepting you. The free gift of salvation. And Lord, we'll be very careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. And we ask this in the name that is above all names. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords, in Jesus Christ's name and all God's people said, amen, amen. So, if you remember the last time, there was three points. First one was getting back to the word of God. We can't change getting back to the word of God because everything hinges on the word of God. So we need to get back to the truth of God's word because our culture and society today will say a lot of things. In fact, we've got, we're going to talk about in just a moment. There's a very fast-growing belief in America that every person should have the right to determine what's right or what's wrong. They, there's, a, there's a growing belief in America that there is no absolute right or wrong, but that's not what God's word says. And there's no. And, and if you believe that, then there's a lot of gray areas. But there's no gray areas in God's word. This is infallible, it's inherent it's truth, from the very first word to the very last word. Doesn't matter whether we understand it, whether it fits into our lifestyle or not. We need to turn off the news and start reading in the book because the news is not going to tell us the truth. They are are habitual liars on the news, but the truth is in God's word. And also the word of God also tells us that we have value. We have value because we live in a culture and society today that wants to say that your value is based on how much money you have, how much power you have, how healthy you are, how many times you go to the gym. All these different things our world would say is what determines your value, but that's a lie straight from Satan because the truth is that our value is found on the fact that God chose to create us in his image, and that's where our value is found. And, you know, so, so one of the first verses, verses that you need to hide on your hearts of all the verses we're going to share today is Genesis 1.27 because this, this is, it, it is the pivot of, of human, humanity is that God, the creator of the universe, chose to create us in his image. Genesis 127, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And this is where our value is found. And what determines something's value, whether it be human life, cars, houses, whatever it might be, the first thing that determines what the value of anything is who made it, who made it. Okay, we just read Genesis 1:27. God created us, and he created all the other things too, but none of them were created in his image, but us. The second thing that determines value is how much was paid for it.
3: How much was paid for it.
2: And we know, we know that Jesus Christ gave his life. He gave his blood. So, there's, so if we put those two together, there is nothing more valuable in this world than human life. Nothing. Nothing. So, we, so how much value is it? You know, there's a verse in Haggai that tells us that God owns all the silver and gold in the world. Man possesses it. God owns it. There's a verse in 1 Peter 1:18-19. 1, it says, "All that gold and all that silver will not purchase not even one of us." You know, we hold gold to a very high value, but when you place it up against the blood of Jesus Christ, it's not worth much. Amen. I mean, it's not worth much. This room full of gold is not worth as much as one drop of Jesus' blood. So the first thing that we need to do to see our nation turn from a nation of death back to a nation of life is get back to the truth of God's word. And you know, sometimes people say, well, this issue of the biblical worldview of life, it doesn't affect me. It's all about the babies, and and it is a lot about the babies. But let me tell you, you, you hear the word bullying a lot in our culture and society today. There's three groups of people that are under attack in our nation as far as lives are concerned. The unborn, the disabled, and the elderly. Innocent, they some of them can't defend themselves. Yet that's where the attacks at. You talk about that's the ultimate bullying. And abortions, as we're going to talk about in just a moment, have declined some, but euthanasia has increased. Euthanasia has increased. When we were here last time, there were six states that had legalized assisted suicide. Now there's nine, and legalized assisted suicide is the belief that any time during the course of pregnancy or any time during the course of life that you are determined not to be able to contribute to society, then our culture and society says you're of no value. That's not from God. That's straight from Satan, because we don't have the right to determine anyone else's value. So we need to get back to the truth of God's word, and we need to get back to it quickly. We can look at the life of David and see that we serve a very patient, loving Heavenly Father. And, you know, this is a great story to share with someone who may have had an abortion. Because sometimes the, we, they feel like they can't be forgiven. But you start out by telling them that, that David was a great king. In fact, he may have been the greatest king that's ever lived. But then you can't leave out the, the bad side of David. What did he do? Second Samuel says he committed adultery and murder. Yet God's word says he was a man after God's own heart. So how can that be? Because God had a, or David had a repentive heart. And you read Psalms 51, and you read what a, what a repentant prayer that is. Because God knows everybody's heart. You know, you may look to your left and to your right, and maybe you have a family member or somebody that you know real well. But you really don't know their heart. But God does. And God knew the heart of David when he prayed this prayer in Psalms 51. And he prayed this prayer in Psalms 51 after he had committed adultery and murder. And we just really looked at 1 John 1, 9, which says if we confess our sins, God forgive us of those sins. If the God of the universe can, can forgive us of our sins, then we have to be able to forgive ourselves. So we need to get back to the truth of God's word. Psalms 139, 13 through 16. I know the pastor's already read some of that. This is a very important verse in the life movement that we need to hold on to. Psalms 139, 13 through 16. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me, in my mother's womb, I will fearfully, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wroth in the lowest parts of the earth. Thy eyes to see my substance yet being unperfect. Remember that, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which continues, were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. This tells me that God knew David before he was ever formed in the womb. He knew each and every one of us here today before we were ever formed in the womb. He knew everything about us, everything that we were ever going to do. And here's the most amazing thing about God. Knowing all of that, God still loved us. In spite of ourselves, God still loved us. He loved us enough to send his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. The first verse we need to hide on our hearts, Genesis 1, 27. Why? Because the creator of the universe chose to create us in his image. Second verse that we need to hide on our hearts, Ephesians two ten. Because Ephesians two ten tells us that we are what? We are God's workmanship. Created for what? Good work. By the way, this is my grandson. He showed yours off today. I got to show mine off a little bit. It's our first grandson. We're very proud of him. But, You know, we could talk a long time about what it means to be God's workmanship, but you know what the bottom line is? The bottom line is that God doesn't make junk. Yet we live in a culture and society who wants to say some, some people are junk. That's not for us to decide. Because we've gotten away from the truth of God's word, we're going down a dark, slippery slope. And we had warnings all the way back in Isaiah's time. Isaiah writes, Woe to them who call evil good and good evil. And brothers and sisters, we're living in those days, even though we were warned about them thousands and thousands of years ago. Edwin Burke said, "The only thing required for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing." And this was over two. This is around two hundred years ago. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, "Silence in the face of evil is itself evil." Brothers well, and sisters, we need to speak up. It says God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. And you wonder why we took this picture back early in our ministry and you see a progression. We started out thousands of years ago with God's Word and then we had uh, um, the other quote from uh, Edwin Burke. And then we had Dietrich Bonhoeffer. This was taken about 12 years ago at a, and wasn't far from a church we were speaking at. You wonder why... We have all the, the evil we have in our nation today because as a nation as a whole, we've been trying to remove God from all areas of life for, for years. And you see, they think they've won by taking the word God out of in we trust. But they can't remove God. That just shows their ignorance that they cannot remove God. Yet, Yet their hearts, we know where their hearts are at. So we're going down a dark, slippery slope. And here's the problem. Psalms 11.3 says, if the foundations be destroy, destroyed, what can the righteous do? What can the righteous do? And this is, this is the, the next two slides I'm looking at, or this one especially, is, the, is the, the hard one in this ministry. But I want you to imagine the darker castle represents the world, lighter castle represents the church. Please hear this in the heart that is spoken, and if it doesn't pertain to you, don't, don't worry about it. I had a pastor not too long ago, got all upset. He says, me and my church, we're doing everything we can. Well, then this doesn't pertain to you. You see, there's an old country saying that says, if you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that gets hit. So if this doesn't pertain to you, don't worry about it. But the great, you know, the fastest growing belief in America is secular humanism. And secular humanism is just the opposite of God's word. Secular humanism has nothing they, they don't see anything wrong with all those things that are in the red balloons up there. Because why? Because they believe that everybody has the right to determine what is right and what is wrong. And I probably don't need to tell you this, but you know, I don't know how many people there are in the United States. I haven't looked that up, but I think there's around 350 million people. Can you imagine the chaos if 350 million all people all decide what is right and what is wrong? There'd be no... no no rhyme or reason to anything. So they don't have a problem with that. But what is it that tells us that there is some things that are right and what's wrong? It's the word of God. And that's why the secular humanist hates the Bible. They hate the word of God because it's very black and white and what is right and what is wrong. Secular humanism is a very self-centered belief. They They don't care about anybody else but themselves. So I want you to imagine this dark castle represents the world and what is it they hate? Our Bible. And what's our Bible? It's our foundation. It's the foundation of the church. But you know, Isaiah tells us that grass and flowers will all fade away, but the Word of God will do what? It will stand forever. So they're not going to destroy this, and even they know they can't destroy this. But what they can do is they can, they can say, well, science says that this, can't, this couldn't have happened, and this says this couldn't have happened. And so they want to create do- doubts in our minds about what is true about God's Word, and they want to tell us that you don't have to read and study this. You know that, that less than 8%, the poll that was taken a few years ago said that less than 8% of us in the church read our Bible on a regular basis. See, they're accomplishing what they're wanting to accomplish without destroying the Word of God, because they can't do that, but they can, they can make us so busy. They can, they can make us think that the Bible is not, it's just an ordinary book, all these different things. So, So they're attacking our Bible, but the left side or the right side there, the lighter castle represents the church. Now this is there's no scientific evidence of this or anything, but we've been in 1,400 churches, and I can tell you it represents a lot of the churches we've been in. The first guy up there in the very top of that castle, he tends church every Sunday, but he's asleep spiritually. You go down to the next guy and he's doing all kinds of stuff but things that don't really matter. He's really not doing anything. You go down to the guy on the the left of the castle there. He's the only one in in this make-believe church that is doing what he's supposed to be doing. And what's he doing? He's taking the word of God and he's challenging all those lies over there in the red balloon. Because brothers and sisters, if we're going to win this battle of lies, we have to use the truth. We have to use the truth. The guy that's right across from him, he's got his cannon pointed right at him because he doesn't like being showed up that he's not doing anything. And, and these, these last two that we're going to talk about are the ones that cause the most damage in the church. The guy with the cannon pointed at the other guy, the other brother and sister brother there, he's the one that we hear quite often say, now, now brother, we can't rock the boat. We can't rock the boat. Brothers sisters, we don't start rocking the boat. We're not going to have a boat to rock. We need to get busy. We need to come out of our sleeping, complacent attitude and make a difference. The guy down there at the bottom that's shooting at the foundation, he's the one that Jude talks about. He's creeped in unaware. He don't believe the word of God to be true from cover to cover. So he's joined right in with the world, attacking the foundation. Now we look at that picture and and we figure out, we ask the question, which one of these is the biggest threat to our culture and society today, and a lot of people will say, well, it's the world, it's the world. Lost people are going to act like lost people. The biggest threat to our culture and society is a complacent church. Complacent church. That's the problem. The good news is that God always has an answer. Isaiah 58, 12 says, we are to be the repair of the breach, the restore of paths to walk in. And if you notice everybody on on that make-believe church, they're all in the battle. They're all, the guy in the tops woke up spiritually, the guy in the, the middle, the right below him, he's, he's decided that, that uh, he needs to get in the battle. They're all in the battle, and that's the only way we're going to win this battle, is to become unified and take the word of God to challenge the lies that are out there. And there's so many lies, that we're going to talk about one of the lies when it comes to life, we're going to bring it back to life. One of the biggest lies that's out there is anytime during the course of pregnancy, unfortunately, this lie is also in our churches. Anytime during the course of pregnancy that you find out you're going to have a special needs child, you should have the right to take that innocent baby's life why? Because our culture and society says what? They will not contribute to society. That's a lie. We've already looked at Genesis 127 that says that all human life is created in the, in the image of God. Psalms tells us there's none perfect. Exodus 4:11 says And the Lord said unto him, Who maketh man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? And i got to tell you, as we cross America, we run into a lot of parents of special needs children. And without exception, they always share what a blessing from God they are. Because God is the giver and taker of life from the moment of conception to the moment of natural death. This This guy here, you see him on the skateboard up there. That's Nick. He's from Australia. He was born, no legs, no arms. Someone that our culture and society today would say needed to be aborted because how? Why? How would he ever contribute to society with no legs and no arms? But if we fast forward, you see him down there below the, the child picture of him uh, with his family. Uh, there's, he's got four children and another one on the way. And there's literally been thousands come to know Jesus Christ through this guy's testimony. He's got an awesome testimony, awesome sense of humor. We're going to show you a real quick clip. But before I do, we, we heard him speak, and this is just to show his humor. He said he was, it was in, uh, near Charlotte, he said, I was waddling down the sidewalks of Charlotte, because he makes light of his, he can't really walk real well, so he kind of waddles. He said he had a group of teenagers come up to him and say, what happened to you? He said, cigarettes. <laughs> Quite a sense of humor. We're going to play this video, and then we'll move on.
4: I wasn't ready. I have no arms and no legs, but I'm very thankful that I have my little chicken drumstick here. (laughs) people freak out when they see me for the first time it's so cool I was at a water slide um, all by myself everyone obviously at the bottom of the slide is looking up and waiting for other people to come down and here I come and they're freaking out they're like you know like this and I was so tempted to look at myself and go what happened you know there were times where I sort of looked at my life and thinking well I can't do this and I can't do that and you keep on concentrating on the things that you wish you had or the things that you wish you didn't have. And you sort of forget what you do have. And there's no point, I believe, in my life where I wish I had arms legs, I wish I had arms legs, I wish I had arms legs, because wishing won't help. But what I've seen in life are just a couple of key principles. And the first thing that I've seen is to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful, man. I tell you, when I was eight years old, I, I sort of summed up my life and thought, I'm never going to get married. I'll, you know, I'm not going to have a job, I'm not going to have a life of purpose. What kind of a husband am I going to be if I can't even hold my wife's hand? It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. Quite
2: a testimony. I would encourage you to go to his website, lifewithoutlimbs.org. Lifewithoutlimbs.org. How many, of you, how many were upset after 9-11? Yeah, we should be. It's not a bad thing to raise your hand when you're, I mean, it was, it was a reason to be upset. Uh, we, get, we get upset when we hear of some of our people who serve our nation and the armed forces losing their lives and the police officers in the line of duty, and we should. And I don't want to downplay that in any way, shape, or form. I have twin boys that both retired from the Navy, and I'm a, I appreciate their service. But I want you to get these numbers in your head. We've been a nation for well over 200 years. You take all the deaths from all the wars, and it's roughly 1. million have lost their lives. And this is over 200 years of history. But what about the war against the unborn? Over 60 million. And this is not 200 years of history, this is 49 years of history. Quite a big difference. We're gonna show you a series of slides here in just a moment, and you'll see a, a, a Pink babies come up every so often, represents 50,000 babies. Each one of those pink babies represents, and the yellow ones too, all represent 50,000 babies. And they tell you, you know, not to have moments of silence when you're preaching or speaking, whether it's speech or whatever, but we're going to have just a little bit of awkward silenceness because it takes a while to cover 60 million babies.
1: Nothing. Cause we are fighting for them oh, We've and answered the silent cry, and cry and To be their, their voice.
0: voice Their life was not, not for
1: nothing We celebrate their heart that they pay it.
2: You know how long it, take to, it took us to, to watch both of those slides or all eight of those slides? I mean, two minutes, two minutes. That represents 60 million babies. Each, sli- each baby represents 50,000. If we were to put 60 million babies up there on slides, it would take almost two years for them to all go through. All lost lives. And, you know, we have the no, no idea... How much that breaks God's heart. But Genesis tells us that he could hear the blood of one innocent man crying from the ground. Can you only imagine what he hears now? The current abortion rate is 2,363 babies a day in this nation. That's seven days a week. That's down. At its peak, it was 3,600. So we are seeing this battle being won baby by baby. And, you know, I said, welcome to Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. This may be the last Sanctity of Human Life Sunday we will have with Roe versus Wade hanging over our heads. When we started this ministry, people would ask us, do you ever think you'll see an end to Roe versus Wade? And and we said, no, we really don't. We didn't see anything. But now, if everything we're hearing is accurate, we are going to see Roe versus Wade overturned. And that's reason to celebrate. Because that number right there, that 2,363 will more than likely be cut in half. Now, some people think it's going to end abortion. It's not going to end abortion. We're going to have approximately half the states that are going to endorse abortion, and half the states are going to put an end to it. And they say, well, that's not enough. Well, it's not enough, but it's reason to celebrate because you're looking at cutting that number in half. It's important if you're the baby's life that's being spared. Will we stop? No, we will continue to fight because our goal Again, is to see every life worth the fight. Every life respected according to God's word. One out of every four pregnancies in an abortion, that's 25% of our nation, we have lost since January twenty-second, 1973. What's the first thing we need to do? We need to get back to the truth of God's word. It all hinges on the word of God. The second thing that we need to do, we need to be salt and light. We need to be salt and light. But i got to tell you, out of the 1,400 churches that we've been in, we're seeing too many churches that are being affected by the culture instead of the church affecting the culture. Did you get that? That's not the way it's supposed to be. As the church, we are the ones that are supposed to be influencing the culture. Again, we've got to come out of our sleeping, complacent attitude and make a difference in the culture and society. And we can do that by being salt and light. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through, six, through 15 Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trod under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it giveth light to all that are in the house. Verse 13 says that we are to be light, salt. Active working salt changes the flavor of everything it comes in contact with. It also preserves we wouldn't be seeing so much spiritual, spiritual decay today in our world if there was more spiritual salt coming out of our culture, out of our churches. This is written in read, It's from Jesus, not to the lost world. It's to who? To you and I in the church. We need to be salt and light. Those verses say that we're to be a light. You go into a dark room and flip on a light switch, and what happens to darkness? It flees. Darkness and light cannot inhabit the same space. Light exposes darkness. Some ways that we can be salt and light, we need We need to educate people. Educate, educate. It's so important. What do we educate them on? On the word of God. It all hinges on the word of God. Back early in our ministry, the CDC reported that abortions were down 5%. Focus on the family in Colorado Springs spent some time and money doing research to find out why it went down 5% because at that point, it was the first time we had seen a decrease in abortions. By the way, as we just looked at, the numbers are down. Baby by baby. Focus on family came up with three reasons why the abortions went down the first time. Number one, educate, educate, educate. Number two, pro-life laws. There's been more pro-life laws passed in the last 10 to 12 years than any time in our nation's history. Your vote does matter. Third thing, supporting your local pregnancy care center. Great ministry. Do all you can to help them. They don't get any government help, and we need to help them because they're doing a work that's unmatched. We need to get back to the truth of God, and we need to be salt and light. We need to be praying people is the third thing. We need to be praying people. There's power in prayer. We need to pray for our churches. Number one, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. And I have heard this preached for the, for the nation. It's not for the nation. It's for the church. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. if, and that's such a big, big word, if God's people, that's why it's not for the world, it's for the church, it's for you and I. If we humble ourselves and seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways, there's a promise there that God will do what? Forgive our sins and heal our land. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray that, that godly men and women will be raised up to serve in, in positions of office. And that's something that, that Christians have kind of run from. We don't need to run from that. We need to get involved. Where's the godly influence going to come from if we don't get involved? We need to pray for pastors that they'll stand in the pulpits across America and preach God's word uncompromised. We still have to contact anywhere from 150 to 175 pastors before we find one who allows us to come share the message we're sharing with you all today. I appreciate your pastor allowing us to come back. Pray for your pregnancy care center. Pray for your your youth and children. There was a great group of children went out. Great group of children. We've, We've been in churches where there's no youth and no children and, and quite frankly, no future. We need to pray for them. Pray for them by name if you know their name. Because we need to see God raise up a generation of youth and children and say, no longer, no longer are we going to buy into the lives of Satan. We're going to stand on the absolute truth of God's word. Pray for us in Choose Life ministry. And our number one need is prayer. And I know I've covered a lot of information in a short period of time you know what the, the bottom line is, is we need to see a change in man's heart. What we're experiencing in our world today is what's coming out of man's heart. So if you forget anything today, forget the statistics, forget the other stuff, but don't forget the Word of God. Because the power of God's Word and the power of prayer can and will change man's heart. Remember Genesis 1, all human life is created in the image of God. Remember that we serve a very patient, loving Heavenly Father, and we can look at the life of David and see that. Remember that we are to be salt and light. We may be the only salt and light that some will ever encounter. Three things that are missing in so many Christians' lives to say, the Word of God. How do we expose a lie if we don't know the truth? How do we guard our hearts from believing the lies out there if we don't know the truth? There's power in prayer, and salt is an active ingredient. So as Christians, what do we need to do? We need to get into the Word, we need to get on our knees, and we need to get up and get active. God didn't save any of us to warm a pew a couple times a week. He called us all to a ministry. James tells us it's not good enough just to be a hearer of the word. We must be what? A doer of the word. You know, I said earlier that God knew each and every one of us before we were ever formed on the womb. but the truth is that God knew each and every one of us before the very foundations of the earth. He knew everything about us, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Even though Isaiah tells us our best, is nothing more than filthy rags. Knowing all of that, He still loved us enough to send His only begotten Son. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we have switched from life to eternal life. It's so important. Everything you've heard up to this point don't mean anything if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. 1 John 4, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his only son, John 3:16, to be a propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is, is a payment. How much was that payment? God owns all the silver and gold in the world. That wasn't valuable enough. It took the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Our prayer this, evening, this morning is: if you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you will not leave here without the free gift of salvation. None of us have a guarantee of tomorrow. None of us even have a guarantee of our last breath. In fact, Statistically, the crowd that we have here today, somebody may not be here this time next week. Here's the truth. If you know that you know that you know, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and God forbid something happened to you this week, you're with Jesus just like that, just like that. But here's the other side of that. If there's never been a time that you've ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and God forbid something happened to you this week, it's hell. Our world would say that's too narrow-minded, Don't listen to the world. They're full of lies. God's word says there's only two places you're going to end up one of these days, and it's heaven or it's hell. Don't leave here. Don't take the risk of your life this week if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Last verse I'm going to share with you, then my wife's going to come up and sing a song, and then I'll turn the service back over to your pastor. How many of y'all get discouraged from time to time? Hey, we're living in a very discouraging time. It's no doubt about it. Hide this, hide this verse on your heart. Isaiah forty four twenty four. 24, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, He that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. If you're here today and you're a blood-bought, born-again Christian, then you know He's your creator, you know he's, He created you, and you know He's your source of salvation. That's hope that a lost and dying world doesn't have. We need to take that outside the four walls of the church. There was an interesting poll taken a few years ago. It asked a large group of evangelical Christians, do you feel like it is part of your obligation to take the teachings of God's word outside the four walls of the church? 58% of those polled said no. That's why we're in the shape we're in. If you're here today and you know that you know that you know, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have hope that a lost and dying world doesn't have. We need to take that outside the four walls of the church. As my wife comes, just remember, as Christians, we are in a spiritual battle. But as Christians, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. The victory's been won. We just need to get in the battle.
3: can hear her talking with a friend. I think it's all about me. Oh, how she you know my greatest wish is that we never be apart but if i should die before i wake i pray her soul I really have to say goodbye. Don't want this time to be free Oh, please tell.
0: God's called us to be the salt and light, to carry the light of Jesus Christ into a dark world. How will they know if we don't tell them? Maybe your heart's been convicted this morning of a need for to be into God's word, to spend time in prayer, or to make his name known. Whatever it is for you, we're going to sing our hymn of invitation this morning our hymn of decision, our our hymn of commitment for you that we are indeed the clay. And so are we praying that God would indeed mold us and to make us and to create us, to continue creating us into the people he wants us to be? Let's pray together. Almighty God, God, we just come to you this morning, Father, thanking you for life, thanking you for the gift of life. Father, forgive us this morning for our unwillingness to share, our unwillingness to spend time with you in prayer and your word with others. God, you have indeed called us to be the the salt and the light, to make a difference in the world. So, Father, as you have spoken to us individually, we pray, Father, that this time and this moment, God, that we would respond to you for whatever it is you've called us to do. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.